0: 1 Samuel, the 22nd chapter, Go going to read out of the English Standard Version today. Uh, David at the cave of Adullam. Uh, it says here that David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard of it, they went down to him. And uh, everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was bitter of soul gathered to him. And he became commander over them and they were with about 400 men. I want to title this Classroom in the Cave. Classroom in the Cave. Now listen, hearing about uh, virtual college fairs since we've all been uh, moved and migrated to digitals and online learning, um, and I even met a young man who could not have a physical graduation with his classmates but had a virtual graduation the other day and I've been here listening to about all the people who are opening up their minds even seniors who have an understanding that yes they can learn more about technology as we progress in trying times and even uh, I've noticed myself my desire to grow and the passion to serve uh, as a student had to make certain choices Yet I believe that our choices bring certain consequences. You know, often we feel like we're in a cave experience. You know, uh, we have to have these uh, Zoom calls, I know, for our congregation or in your business work or You know, that's the way we meet and discuss now because of the social distancing. Um, Even babies in daycares are six feet apart and have to wear masks all day. You know, it feels as though mentally we're in a cave. And young professionals, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people who are partners uh, in the business industry, education, and uh, many sectors of our government and our economy... Uh, have the understanding that they have to produce creativity to be entrepreneurs because of the devastation of our economy. So many people unemployed. And the realization that you're not by yourself becomes so significant because in group learning, there are positive experiences. You know, it requires... um, many times that you complete your continued education to develop and to be unique and to understand the relationships of the key people that God has placed in your life, such as your classmates. Now, this curriculum that God designs for you as a curriculum is just for the purpose of your life. And you really got to understand and embrace that. What God put in your life is to shape, to mold you to where you need to be. And everybody does not listen. Everybody does not get the privilege to attend the school of affliction. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say that again. Everybody does not get the privilege to attend the school of affliction. That is a privilege. Now here it is also. Everybody does not finish the school of affliction also. It is our afflictions in them that we learn that we have the privilege of God teaching us our purpose. Notice, your classmates uh, are people who understand that our wounds such as your wounds, can heal others. Uh, when we're transparent, uh, we have hurts. Uh, our hurting areas allow us to be sensitive to the healing process that will give us power to bless others. When we look into people's lives, we often see our own hurts. Compassion is birth because we begin to have the same passion that our pains have in our life, we see the same passion of pain or the passion to have the pain healed for others. Our hurts often increase, and so our compassion increases, especially in this vital time. Um, it's more than a sermon a Sunday school lesson or a worship experience. It's a lifestyle. We have compassion for other people. You know, I've learned that there are different types of people And you you can't expect some people to be with you all the time. You're going to have people that's going to leave you. I heard a great man of God say that. Those are just comrades. And don't make the mistake to think that people are for you because they're only with you for what you have. And if they're with you just for what you have, they're just your constituents. But when you find someone who loves you unconditionally, someone who loves you to the end, everybody needs a confidant. David would not be where he was in life as a king if it wasn't for Jonathan. So, But God will give you a confidence. God will give you a mentor for what is next in life. Now, I praise God for the people he sent in our lives. God allows failure for good purposes and when you fail you don't lose the opportunity to find grace in the midst of it most of us are afraid of it especially afraid of failure since it always is a bit more public public and it becomes more seen but while we must always take ownership for our failures we have to understand that these failures don't have to defeat us. And we're not defeated by our failures. In fact, I found that there's so much grace found in failures and if we seek God through it, experiences will remind us that we are not God. And we are weak, we are frail, but yet when we serve, we lead others. You know, failure helps us to see the tension to return and to rely on the grace of God. And when we see his grace in our lives and in our ministries and in our careers, we understand that God teaches us humility. You know, humility has a wonderful reward because when we fail, we we, we may not feel like we've accomplished everything and we feel like we've not achieved everything that we wanted, but listen, our circumstances allow us to depend more on God, less on ourselves and more on God. Most of all our experiences encourage us to be learners. Success can breed pride or the big head. It doesn't have to, but often it does. Failure reminds us that we are much inclined to depend on God, but also that we have to learn to depend on His wisdom and His strength that He places around us. We live in environments where people see us go through. And although we live in the information age and there's a lot of changes in our culture, we desire the best for the people in our lives, especially our children. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Nowadays, many of us don't know who to trust, who was around who, who had what and how are we going to trace and find out who we should trust at this pivotal time David said it was good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn of his statue the nature of God is the will of God the nature of God is the will of God God is the best teacher He tells us the truth He tells us that we can trust Him And the thing I love about God God can teach anybody (laughs) Uh, uh, God can teach Anybody Who He he wants to Only God (laughs) Can send everybody to their room At one time Such as this Health crisis that we're Experiencing this epidemic Only God could send everyone as they were on punishment, not to say this is corporal punishment or this is judgment of God, but it's to say that only God can cause everybody to be still and know that he is God. Only God can baffle the brilliant because he is the only wise God. I've discovered that trials reveal evil sometimes and teach us how to deal with it. So you can't ignore what you see and you can't ignore it and be truthful because uh, 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 you've got to acknowledge it and understand that there is tension in the air, tension in Capitol Hill, tension in the cultures, how we deal with social distancing, with the morale and the contention of what should be first on the agenda. Notice adversity will awaken us like in the morning to the challenge of our day. I want you to understand that continued education is not optional. You see, the greatest lessons of life come to us not in a university. Not in the Ivy League schools, but we are actually looking at what we should be learning. (laughs) God could put it right in front of you because he knows exactly where you are. Look at what God is dealing with you with right now. 1 Samuel 18 and 9 says, King Saul was tormented with the spirit of melancholy. David is called in to play the harp for Saul's relief, and David encounters a new level of spirituality. Saul is jealous. Saul has a, a contortion or a mixing of his emotional, spiritual, and mental mentality. And notice here, notice here, I want you to see here that Saul was jealous. And he even turns to attack David. Saul throws a spear trying to kill David. I want to let somebody know that the enemy is chasing you because you are worth something. <laughs> you are valuable to God. And that's why the enemy will try everything he can to disvalue your life. You see, while I was seeking to do an internship, and I met with a big-time pastor, and he walked me into his office. We had a meeting, and I was trying to find out where to do my internship while I was in seminary. And on my way walking back from that meeting, two birds started fighting over my head. Very uh, strange occurrence that never happened to me before in my life. And uh, the birds did not touch me, but they were fighting over my head. I walked about another five, six steps, and they moved down with me, and they were fighting over my head. And then later on, the Lord revealed to me that he was showing me that there is spiritual wickedness in high places. Did you not know later on that pastor in that organization was removed because of scandal? If I had not obeyed and had not been following the Lord, I could have got caught up in scandal. Notice how the intensity will keep you focused. His grace is allowing us to see something we've never seen before. (laughs) His grace will give you time. It will give you opportunity. It will give you favor in the midst of your frustration. See, His amazing grace will allow the blind to see what you've never seen before. Amazing grace. (laughs) How sweet the sound. See, no matter how dark it gets, the light of God can give us the power to see and to have faith and to fear not. Fear not. Fear not. That's what God is telling us in this hour. Don't be fearful. Walk in faith. See at the cave of Adullam David learns how to live out the anointing That Samuel poured on him He was anointed at a young age But he had to live out This anointing in Adullam By dealing with the adversities of his classroom It was in the classroom In the cave that taught David How to worship He had to learn to worship and not worry. Oh, I'm talking to somebody who's unemployed, somebody whose children is challenged because of homeschooling, someone whose business is not getting off the ground, someone who's facing a financial crisis, someone who is worried about their loved one. You've got to learn how to worship without worry. It is in the classroom, in the cave, that taught David how to regroup his his mind, his spirit to prepare him for the next season. Listen, I think one of the greatest lessons David learned in the classroom in the cave was how to worship in the dark, (laughs) how to praise God and to worship him and to love him when you don't even see what's in front of you. It comes. A leader of those who are distressed. He becomes a leader of those who are in debt. Those who are discontented. In other words, God brings and God can take the best out of the worst. Out of the worst, he can birth the best. And I want you to know something good is going to happen if you just keep on believing. You know, every place that the enemy is attacking you is an indication that God could anoint you. This curriculum, this class, this lesson that God is teaching you, you are afflicted, but yet you're anointed. (laughs) You may be anointed, but your affliction should not be greater. Your affliction is small, minute compared to the greatness and the awesome and the majesty of our God. I just want to let you know, you can't learn everything in a book. (laughs) You can't find everything online and you certainly cannot Google God. But don't forget the lessons you must learn in the classroom in the cave. God bless.